I'd like to welcome everyone to the Florence Weinberg Show. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, Dr. Florence Byham Weinberg is our host each and every week. She is the subject of a documentary. She is the author of 16 books, including Before the Alamo, which was her second to latest. Her latest is The Choice. And to uh, everyone out there, get the books. Please get the books. And uh, always something fascinating to to read. And uh, for now, uh, let's uh, let's hear what the latest is from Dr. Florence Byham Weinberg. Dr. Weinberg, how are you? I'm doing quite well, thank heaven. <laughs> and I hope you are too. Yeah, I'm doing well. And I, you know, we we always worry how our country is doing. That's the uh, that's the concern. Yeah. How our state is doing and how our society is doing. Uh, what is the latest? What have you been concentrating on? Well, I've been concentrating, actually. I started working on this before the latest massacre, and so it was right after Buffalo uh, that I decided to write about, or rather talk about, replacement theory. And and I have a a good deal to say about it on my own uh, behalf, because um, as a young person, it made some sense to me, not the conspiracy part of it. Uh, but the replacement part that was happening naturally, not not through uh, human uh, wicked ingenuity. Uh, so that's that's what I'm going to talk about. First of all, uh, how I grew up um, noticing or not noticing race, uh, different races, and my reaction uh, to different races, and uh, why I think so many people are open to believing in replacement theory. And the replacement theory, it's a, it, uh, it's a scary sounding um, word, and, and I could only imagine what the replacement theory is. Uh, the definition is um, nefarious elites are using immigration to replace white Americans with pliant foreigners. Wow. That, of course, is mainly um, mainly mu- Muslims and uh, Hispanics, but especially Hispanics. And, of course, they include Asians and blacks who are not uh, foreigners. They're uh, Americans born and bred, but they uh, get tossed into that mix. So the theory is that nefarious elites are behind this whole thing, the influx of these people who are not white. And and it's the white supremacists who uh, invented the theory. And, yeah, and as a child, um, during my childhood, uh, I was aware of lots of Hispanics in my environment, in, in my school, and we called them Mexicans back then, um, because our part of the world, that is New Mexico and Texas, had been part of Mexico for uh, for a long time, hadn't been uh, part of the United States very long. Uh, and so um, I was aware of Hispanics, but no blacks. No Jews and no Asians. And then in high school, oh yeah, uh, before before high school, uh, the war broke out in '41, and then probably in 1943 or early '44, 
uh, my father volunteered in 
Uh, I don't remember seeing them in chapel or not seeing them in chapel. I just didn't look for them because it didn't occur to me to look for them. The one Chinese girl was very well integrated into the uh, student body, so that was no problem. Actually, there was one Jew. I remember him now. Leo Janus by name, and he felt very alone, and he he came to me to complain about it, um, so I sympathized with him, but I didn't really understand uh, what was going on. I thought he was a very handsome young man, <laughs> but uh, nothing more came of that except that he was a friend. Then... Um, Oh, yes, I remember while I was in college, I went home, um, and my father um, mentioned to me, and I never knew that uh, he had any opinion on race at all, but he told me that I should not go swimming with black men in the pool. And I thought, that's pretty odd for my dad to say that. And I still think it's pretty odd. It was not characteristic of my father, really. So then I went to grad school, and there were lots of Jews, because Jews seemed to gravitate to learning um, and higher education. And so I was research assistant to a Jewish professor, and several other of the professors were also Jews, and uh, the man I ultimately married was a professor and a Jew. Uh, so I have spent my life, by the rest of it, uh, being very aware of uh, race, racial prejudice. And of course, in married life, um, I encountered racial prejudice all over the place against Jews, especially in the early early times in uh, Vancouver, B.C. Uh, in Rochester, I was taking my doctorate there, and one of the graduate students, one of the very good ones, one of the brilliant ones, was Betty Smith, who was black. And so that simply confirmed my idea that black people were very capable and uh, and lovely people. We were good friends. So um, then years later... Um, I was happened to be up in Maine, and uh, was spending a month up there, uh, and was eating at a restaurant, and I noticed that Hispanics were all over the place. They were the waiters, and they were the cooks. And uh, by that time, I was aware uh, of the pressure at the southern border that uh, many uh, – this was probably about nine, uh, 2000, 2004, somewhere in there. Uh, and the pressure at the border was already severe. Um, and I spoke um, – I was a professor of Spanish for, 20, for 36 years, uh, Spanish history and literature and of French history and literature as well. Um, but I spoke to the waiter in Spanish, and his eyes got very big and round, and he disappeared very quickly. And I realized, aha, he must be an illegal, and he thinks I'm a government agent. Oh, wow. Yeah, so uh, another waiter came to the table after that, and so that confirmed me in my idea that I had run across an illegal immigrant. 
Um, but I then began to notice, of course, um, uh, a good friend of mine uh, was living in Atlanta, and when I visited there, uh, I'd say the majority of the people I ran across were black. Uh, so, uh, so I was aware that there were many, many black people in the South, of course, wherever slavery had been, and everywhere in the country, including Atlanta. There were colonies, uh, new colonies of Hispanics. And it occurred to me that with all the influx of people of color and the birth rate of whites being very low, it would not take very long until people of color were in the majority in the country. And I didn't quite know how I felt about that. Uh, my my ancestry is is very white, uh, Scottish, Irish, English, and Norwegian, and and uh, so uh, I could easily have slid into white supremacy had I been so inclined, but I was not. But I was aware of the fact that we might very well become a minority in this country. And so it was no surprise to me when all of a sudden replacement theory began to raise its ugly head. Because, as I say, I was, uh, you might say I was tempted. I wasn't really tempted. I was simply concerned sort of concerned. Well, uh, the people who actually founded this nation uh, are going to be in a minority. I hope we can keep going as a republic, <laughs> which I'm still hoping, despite all the threats to our democratic republic at the moment. Okay, now, replacement theory. The definition is this. Uh, I am following an article by a man, and a black man he is, by the name of Jamel Boule, B-O-U-L-E. And I believe he published this in the New York Times, but it came out in the Express News, which is San Antonio's paper. And the definition is the following. A replacement theory is notorious elites arousing, uh, no, I'm sorry, oh, no, uh, notorious elites are using, are using, I can't read my own writing, are using immigration to replace white Americans with pliant foreigners and blacks. Okay, so the blacks are thrown into this mix of uh, of Hispanics, Muslims, Jews, um, and uh, who else? Chinese, the Asians, the Asians. Um, so replacement theory began as a conspiracy theory, but it has become mainline in the Republican Party as a doctrine. For instance, Ron Johnson, who is a Republican from Wisconsin, said, this administration wants to open, wants open borders. And uh, he continues saying, uh, it is common knowledge that this is to make sure they, that is the 
present administration stays in power, quote, unquote. Hmm. And then T, T.D., I think, is or his initials, or his I.D., I think it's I.D. Vance, uh, who was a Republican nominee in Ohio, and I don't know whether he won or lost, but he is right-wing, very right-wing, says the media calls us, should that's the media is should be the media call us. But anyway, the media calls us racist for wanting to build Trump's wall. Biden's open border is killing Ohio Ohioans with drugs. And that quote echoes uh, Trump's speech after he came down the escalator as he began his campaign, calling uh, Hispanics who were coming through uh, the southern border drug addicts, rapists, and uh, and thieves, robbers. And then another, um, let's see, another quotation. No, this is from Blake Masters, who's from Arizona, and he was also up uh, for I don't know whether um, he's still running or whether uh, Arizona had its election and he lost. I that up. Anyway, what he said was the Democrats want open borders to bring in tens of millions of Democratic voters. <laughs> so tens of millions, uh, he thinks, are coming through. And then uh, Elise Stefanik, who is the number three Republican in the House of Representatives. Right here in New York? Yep, now New York. Said, and this is a tweet of hers, it is, and she put this all in caps, it is a fact that Democrats, all in caps, have been explicitly pushing for amnesty for years, specifically for political and electoral purposes. And so this fact, of course, is uh, a lie, um, and Democrats have not been explicitly pushing anything uh, because uh, Trump uh, Trump had the uh, presidency for a while, and he couldn't stop immigration either. Uh, so there you go. The biggest purveyor of this, uh, this conspiracy theory as a fact – However, is Tucker Carlson of Fox News, and he is a direct conduit for the white nationalist uh, ideas. He published uh, this theory, the uh, replacement theory, over 400 times, uh, according to the New York Times. 400 programs were about replacement theory, or at least a a large, lengthy mention of replacement theory in a program. So he believes that Democrats and liberals and George Soros, who is Jewish, are funding the invasion from the South. And, oh, I might add the Afghans, because they're all Muslims, uh, who were rescued, who were allowed to come to the country because otherwise they would be slaughtered by the Taliban. 
and he says, Biden wants to change the social mix of the country and reduce the power of native white Americans. And, of course, it's not just Biden, it's also the Jews. Um, he mentions often enough George Soros. So, maybe... Maybe Carlson and the politic and the politicians are not directly responsible for shooting um, for sh the uh, Buffalo shooting, but uh, there are three of these shootings that are directly they have uh, they have uh, posted on social media that they are directly uh, killing people because of replacement theory. So the, the theory is not just nasty and false, uh, it also is deadly. And the, the latest shooting that was absolutely uh, caused by replacement theory is, of course, the Buffalo shooting of the black people in Buffalo, New York. Then there was the Tree of Life synagogue shooting, which, of course, shooting Jews. I think that was Philadelphia. Was it not? Uh, uh, Philadelphia or Baltimore. I'm not sure which, but I think Philadelphia. And then there was this enormous uh, massacre at Christ Church, New Zealand, when 51 people were killed. Uh, and that was also, it was uh, the, the killer posted that, uh, that he was killing them because of replacement theory. Wow. So... Um, why do why have the Republicans espoused this particular theory? What good can it do them? Well, it is, of course, to gain power because that is about all they're concerned with. They do not care about the good of the people of this country. Uh, Vance and Stefanik uh, were loudly anti-Trump to begin with. When he started campaigning, they were against him, but they became equally loud uh, for him because uh, that was how they were going to maintain themselves in office. And, uh, of course, they are thinking of the voters rather than of any particular organization, but the voters, and particularly those who belong to the NRA, the National Rifle Association, uh, believe in replacement theory um, and are uh, equally violent about spreading guns and their right to bear uh, AR-15s. Uh, and their fear that the democratic government is going to come for their guns. And uh, if if the government had any power, which it doesn't at the moment because the Senate is blocking everything, uh, then they, uh, the government might uh, indeed go for the AR-15s that are all over the country and are not hunting weapons. There is no rationale for having a weapon of war that can kill a hundred people in a few minutes. So the, uh, the 
business replacement theory and theorists and Fox News as a whole and our uh, our governor is fanning the fear and division of uh, the Texans and uh, uh, they want to scare the people into voting uh, against the Democrats because the Democrats are supposedly for open borders and amnesty uh, and letting in all of these non-white people who will destroy the country and, of course, take over from whites, take over the government. And just look at our uh, government right now. Our vice president, she's one of the coloreds. So, and look at the previous president. My God, we are we are in terrible danger. So uh, they are posing this whole thing cynically in order to gain power and to keep it. And of course, okay. yeah. And getting away from uh, from replacement theory itself. Uh, Abbott's performance last night um, when he was challenged by uh, Beto O'Rourke was typical, and also our senator, our wonderful senator, Cruz, um, both of them said that the solution to the problem is to add more guns. We've got guns bristling everywhere, but the thing to do is to arm the teachers with pistols, and they'll they'll get rid of those uh, AR-15 toting terrorists who are coming in and shooting, um, uh, say, uh, 25 people in two or three minutes, because we have uh, we have 21 people dead, but we we may have much more than 25. We have a whole bunch wounded, and to this date, I don't think we know how many. Were, were wounded but survived. And, of course, Beto rose uh, to say that adding guns to an already um, uh, situation bristling with them uh, is no solution. In fact, uh, if you don't do something to quell the uh, the availability of guns and open carry and all the rest of the laws that have been passed recently in Texas and l- lowering the uh, the age of people who are legally uh, able to buy guns. If you don't stop that, reverse that, uh, bring in some some rationale, rationality into the whole situation, there will be more and more and more of these mass killings, and the blood will be on Republican hands. So, Chris Murphy of Connecticut, I think many of you may have seen clips of him as he addressed the Senate last night, begging the senators to move on a bill that had been passed by the House of Representatives in 2017 and which has been held back by Mitch McConnell all these years, five years now. And it is a bill, uh, it's called the Domestic Terrorism Prevention Act, and it creates three new offices, one of them in the FBI, one a second in the Justice Department, and the third in Homeland Security to monitor, investigate, and prosecute 
uh, domestic terrorism. And that means investigate white supremacists and neo-Nazis and others of that ilk and keep tabs on them. So after he went through, that is, uh, Chris Murphy went through and talked to every senator, and he said he got quite a few Republicans who were open to considering the bill. But when the vote came, it was 47, 47, which means that three Democrats, and we know who two of them are, and Manchin and Cinema, and uh, they voted against it, and three Republicans, um, and I don't know who they were, but probably um, Collins and help me here. Um, yeah, and and Romney, I think probably, yeah, and probably Romney. Those were the three that voted for it. But, uh, of course, it failed, 47 to 47, and now they have blithely gone on. The Senate has blithely gone on holiday. They don't need to do anything. They tried, but it failed. So that means that the American people don't want it. Well, that is not true. 80% of the American people want something done to quell the massacre that's occurring, especially to the innocent and helpless in this in our community. So, <laughs> my God. so that is my my speech for today. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I'm sure you have remarks and questions, Frank. Yeah, well, I, I certainly do. Uh, you know, first of all, the you and I are both from large states that had shootings since the last time we spoke. And think of that. Right. I mean, it's it, it, it's amazing. You had, uh, you know, a, a, an unbelievable uh, event happen and, and uh, the same here in New York. And it's just the, the most senseless um, possible of, of crimes, but heartbreaking. Um, massacres that that went on, but just think about it. I just sp- today is Thursday, right? We're speaking twice this week. All right, we spoke on Monday, and on Monday, I I don't believe either one of those those shootings had occurred. I don't believe the both Buffalo happened when we spoke, and if it did, it just happened right before we spoke. Uh, but I, I mean, it's I don't remember this kind of. Uh, this kind of domestic terrorism uh, or whatever you'd like to label it, whatever the catchword is. But I, I, I can't imagine this happening when I was a child. I'm 55 years old. I, I remember, right. you know, if, if there was something, there was some kind of uh, violence, it was national news, but there was so few and far between. I, I don't know what has happened between now and, uh, and back then. And or I should say back then and now, and I, I, I just don't know. I mean, uh, you know, the automatic weapons and uh, people will say, uh, you know, look, uh, we're, we're not against guns, but why do you need a gun of this kind to shoot a deer? Uh, nobody's right. shooting deer with these kind of guns, right? I mean, there's no, no, because you destroy uh, the, the purpose of hunting is to have something to eat. Um, to have deer meat, uh, but these guns destroy what they uh, what they kill. They blow them, up, blow them up, tear them apart. 
uh, tear arms off of little children um, and tear their bodies wide open and their faces destroyed uh, so that the parents cannot recognize them. These are uh, designed to kill. These are destroying. They're designed to, yeah, to massacre the enemy, and the enemy is not uh, fourth grade children, for God's sake. The enemy is someone on a battlefield. Uh, the uh, the Ukrainians, they have a right to use AR-15s. Of course, because they are trying to win a war. But short of that, there is no use for one of those things. And they should not even be available on the market. I mean, it's that. And then, you know, the 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 anger, the hate that you described in your, your opening of your monologue where the, uh, you know, a black man, and I'm paraphrasing, but black man, don't let the sun shine on you or rest on you or uh you know i mean that 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 is a disgraceful uh statement that we would never hear nowadays but that doesn't mean the racism is gone obviously the racism is still there the anger is uh is still there and it's boiling over from under the surface and you have these people that the replacement theory is it, it sounds like something that would come right out of goebbels mouth it sounds like right. That would Absolutely, out, yeah. Yeah, that would come out of the the Nazi propaganda machine. That we yes, oh yeah, yes. It's the neo Nazis who are who have spun the theory in the first place, and the white supremacists, uh, and the neo Nazis are white supremacists, of course. Um, and so, um, it, it, quoting them is not exactly a, a thing to do or to believe. Uh, if, if you are a good white American or any kind of an American, but uh, even the white Americans like me uh, should uh, avoid this kind of nonsense. Um, granted, uh, we may not be in the in the majority for very long unless. Uh, maybe the uh, abortion ban, which is surely coming, the overturning of Roe v. Wade, uh, may increase the birth rate of white babies, maybe. Uh, but the problem there is that American women do not casually have abortions. When they go for an abortion, it's for some horrible reason that they cannot have the baby uh, or uh, the baby was conceived by rape or incest um, so uh, in the, in those cases uh, the mother who is usually a, a young child probably underage um, uh, should not be forced to carry a baby to term because it's a child having a child, for one thing, and it destroys the childhood of the of the girl who is forced to do that. And uh, anyway, but uh, as I was saying, it may increase the birth rate, and that may be, may be one of the reasons why uh, the Republicans are pushing it so hard. Yeah. It's just it's just amazing. Um... I, I just, I, you know, I don't even know what to say. I mean, your, the shooting that happened in your state is just, is just so 
flabbergasting and you know we we hardly uh, spoke about that but i mean it's um you know i was visiting my uncle in the hospital and and the sound was down and uh and he's you know a little confused you know he's uh, got the medication he's 80 85 years old and he fell he broke his hip and he's watching uh, the uh, the news and I, everywhere i switched uh, the the same story was coming on and i thought boy let me find something cheery let me find something that's a little more positive and and the headline was uh, governor abbott and then uh, at the time i believe it was four, uh, 14 14 dead at the uh, uh, at the you know that, that was the count um, and they said 14 children uh, killed and uh, and others you know uh, you know wounded and you know again that that count has gone up of course and um, but as as I'm watching that uh, I'm just thinking to myself uh, you know like what what could Abbott be saying and I wasn't watching I wasn't listening I should say it just wasn't it wasn't on and we didn't have the the sound on and i'm i'm wondering what his reaction was and i thought to myself what you what must you be thinking at that point and what must other texans be thinking are were were people uh-huh. um were people split on this was it uh was it it was anybody there, i'm sure there was nobody apologizing for the uh for the killer i mean this is the most horrendous um, set of circumstances that you could you could ever imagine. I mean, this is um, beyond belief. What right. what he did with this monster, you know, uh, did. But it, we didn't talk about that that much. What and you, and while you're monologuing, what was Abbott's reaction and and how was it? I know that Beto O'Rourke um, he uh, he interrupted him, right? But what was that circumstance? Yes. What was Abbott saying? Oh, well, he was saying what he was proposing was that we add more guns to the scene. So we give teachers a pistol as if a pistol could uh, could take out uh, a, uh, a terrorist in body armor with an AR-15, uh, probably already uh, firing it. Um, <laughs> I mean, that part is absurd. And also the thought of just adding guns to more guns um, is odious to begin with. And uh, a teacher is not not normally uh, uh, trained. Uh, some are because they're hunters, uh, but uh, uh, otherwise they wouldn't be trained in the use of firearms. They'd have to go- start from scratch. They would probably lose their cool and and shoot wild anyway. I mean, this is just ridiculous. It doesn't work. And in fact, one thing that was being pointed out, I think maybe Beto pointed it out, that that theory does not work because there was a guard who was at the school um, at the time, and he did not stop the terrorists from getting in. And it took, I think it was four other uh, policemen who came in and uh, made their way into a neighboring room, which had a door into the one where the, the uh, massacre was taking place. And they fired on uh, on the perp perpetrator and killed him. But it took 40 minutes. Uh, the perpetrator had plenty of time, plenty of leisure to to kill everybody. Uh, he didn't kill everybody. He he wounded so many. Uh, he thought he probably he probably thought he had killed them all because they were all lying there. Uh, 
I can't imagine someone being wounded with an AR-15 bullet and surviving and living a normal life afterwards. But apparently this is his grandmother, for instance, whom he killed first. He, by the way, was not uh, a replacement theory um, uh, conspirator. Uh, he had some other gripe. Uh, I heard uh, once, only once, I heard that he was a high school dropout, uh, which leads me to think that uh, he had a grudge against schools in general and just decided to take it out on a school, any school. Uh, but his grandmother may have tried to stop him, so of course she, but he, he was planning that. That was cold-blooded murder. Uh, that was uh, first degree because he uh, tweeted, I'm going to kill my grandmother. And then he posted uh, a little while later, I shot my grandmother. And then another post, I'm going to shoot the school. So uh, all of this was premeditated. Uh, but his grandmother must have been against this whole thing of him having those guns in the first place, and she probably figured out that he was going to, to do something horrible with them and tried to prevent him and so or dissuade him from doing it, and so he decided he'd just eliminate her, which he did. Well, she didn't die, however. She may, she's in hospital, she may have something to say about his motive. Um, I'll be very anxious to find out. This is just an amazing uh, moment in in history, and I look. Uh, let's go back to what you started with replacement theory, and uh, you know I said, uh, and and you know I I can't imagine um, I, it, it being anything other than Nazi related. I mean uh, the uh, the rela uh, replacement theory sounds so much like the the final solution or something. You know, something yes, absolutely. It's the same. Same ilk, yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was the Jews who were going to replace the Germans at that point, yeah. and yeah. Uh, yeah, and were causing all the ills in society. Uh, who, and actually, they were the artists and intellectuals and painters and sculptors and so on, uh, and had no interest in uh, in certainly no chief interest in politics. Uh, they were more interested in. Uh, uh, in improving their minds, I think, rather than improving their fortunes, although that happened too. My God, uh, you know what a what what a moment in history. But uh, something has happened, you know, between me growing up and and getting to the age of fifty five, uh, because we have not seen this Columbine when Columbine happened. And you know, in the '90s or whenever that was, uh, it, yeah. it, it, it was shocking, and it was it was unheard of. And mm -hmm. yeah. there has been—I I mean, th is it accurate to say there's been thousands of Columbines since? Right. Yeah. Probably. Yes, and right. uh, we—the whole nation stopped. Uh, this this was uh, said on MSNBC. Uh, I think I was watching that this morning, maybe, or late last night. Uh, the whole nation stopped to mourn over Columbine and in uh, in horror. Uh, but now we're not stopping. We're just going on with business as usual. And the Senate has gone on holiday. Whoopee. 
My God. We'll just forget about it all and uh, and have a great old time. We've become <laughs> immune. We've become immune to to horrendous violence. Yes, yes. Uh, and that, of course, has been in the news, too. Are we getting so used to it that we don't give a damn and we'll let it go on? Uh, and I think... Uh, I think the uh, the white supremacists are hoping that that's the case, but it will go on. I'm sure they'll. Uh, by the way, two copycat uh, attempts at massacre were foiled, I believe, by the FBI. Thank God. <laughs> the perpetrator was caught in time. Perpetrators. Uh, yeah, this is uh, this is an amazing time, Doc. Well, listen, wonderful job, as always, bringing light to something that needs to be spoken about. Replacement theory is, uh, uh, is, is something that, uh, no matter how you slice it, is, is disturbing, and, uh, it, and it's reminiscent uh, of something from the 30s and, and 40s, mm-hmm. from a dark, dark part of our, our society. Our world history, yeah. 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 And, by the way, the CPAC... Uh, which is the, uh, what is it, the Conservative uh, Political Action Committee is meeting in Hungary, which is a fascist state, which tells you something about the state of the Republican mind right now. So the Conservative uh, Party Action Committee is... A Republican committee, obviously, and it's in a fascist state. That's where they chose to meet, not in the United States, not in England or France or Norway, but but Hungary, which is the one that's supporting Putin right now on the war, uh, his war on uh, Ukraine. Oh, God. Oh, God. So, uh, Americans need to know this about the, uh, the the other party, the party that they're probably going to vote for. <laughs> they are on the side of fascism and destruction of democracy, and they are achieving it uh, through gerrymandering, for one thing, and for and by electing officials like uh, secretaries of state who are empowered to overturn an election in that state if the elected candidate is of the party they do not belong to, their opposing party. Uh, Secretary of State can uh, can declare it null and void. That is a Republican Secretary of State in some states, Georgia for one, can uh, proclaim the election null and void and choose the candidate he wants, which means that a Democrat can be elected president in 24 and the Republican states, if they all overturn the public will like that, uh, the president will be a Republican and that will be the case forever. There will never be another Democrat president uh, in our lifetimes. You know, Doc, the, the amazing thing about it is that your party is uh, is crippled by two Democrats, and uh, and yes, the, well, yeah. Democrats are named Dinos, right? Uh, Democrats are names only. Uh, 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 Joe Manchin and Kirsten 
um, I almost said uh, Gillibrand by no means, uh, Kirsten uh, Cinema. And, yeah, and right. You mentioned them earlier, but uh, th- those two, uh, th- those two are the uh, are Republican Party's secret weapon, regardless of what side you're on. Um, yeah. You, everyone, you know, no one could dispute that, right? I mean, th- those two are making uh, the idea of of the uh, of the Senate majority uh, just in name only. It's Senate majority in name only. It's uh, it's not in fact. Yes, true. Yeah, I did not think that they would vote against this bill, which is a common-sense measure uh, to lessen the terrorism that's going on of mass killings. And uh, uh, I I thought, surely, everybody, nobody wants little children to be slaughtered uh, and continually uh, slaughtered because it's going to happen again. Uh, But these two apparently don't give a damn. It's an amazing time. It's an amazing time happening. Doc, thank you very much. And to uh, to everyone out there, um, uh, just uh, we appreciate you listening. And to each and every one of you, we know that you have many choices. You've been listening to our host, Dr. Florence Byham Weinberg. And her, her latest two books, her latest two books are Before the Alamo and The Choice. And it's got nothing to do with Roe v. Wade. Uh, get, <laughs> no. get, those, get those books, but binge listen to everything that we've been doing here. Uh, you've been hearing the thoughts of uh, of Dr. Florence Byham Weinberg, and regardless of what side of the aisle you're on, uh, in order to be in, in enlightened or truly educated, you ha- you have to take all into consideration. And by the way, Dr. Weinberg, uh, you know, has quoted Republicans uh, many times uh, here and uh, in common sense. Um, situations where uh, there was common sense, but uh, but she will call out the Republican Party. Um, you know, every uh, just about every show on what's going on, and it's a sign of uh, sign of the times. And if you want to hear the other side of the story, we invite you to binge listen to every. This is if you're on the Republican side. If you want to hear the other side, and and you want to hear an intelligence, and and by the way. A uh, uh, clearly uh, partisan t- side. She said she's not hiding. She is a, a, a long-term uh, Democrat, but uh, many many people will, uh, uh, will even on the Republican side would say that she's a common sense dem- Democrat. And as you as you listen to, uh, keep an open mind on uh, on issues and uh, and and try to try to soak in both sides. If you listen, I have a feeling a lot of the people listening are Dems. Um, and, uh, you know, but again, try to try to educate uh, all sides of the aisle uh, so we can come to some kind of compromise um, and, and maybe solve some of these horrendous uh, things that are happening. But Dr. Florence Byham Weinberg um, is the author of 16 books. She's the subject of a documentary, uh, the subject of a, a long uh, running uh, a radio series. And now she has been the host of her own radio show and, and podcast and binge listen. There's dozens and dozens of shows to choose from. Um, uh, highly intelligent thoughts coming out here. Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you all next time on The Florence Weinberg Show.